And welcome back to the DGI podcast. This is DGI Mark. Uh, this is issue number 23 of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. We are going to be taking you around a trip on a trip around the multiverse. Uh, this is usually kind of our quickest issue of the the week, so to speak. Uh, so we're trying something new out today. Um, uh, it is actually no- Thursday, November 5th. Um, we're going to try and do this as quickly as possible for uh, you guys and gals out there. Um, but we wanted to try out uh, like a midweek recording instead of recording all our issues in one sit. Um, and it's actually kind of keeps us the most up to date on news and things that are going on in the world um, as well. So uh Charlie is once again uh, recording remote, uh, but I think we're figuring this whole thing out. So um, hopefully the the sound quality hasn't suffered too much. But we uh, we are making do with our uh, limited budget, so to speak. Um, so I, I know that there's a uh, you know a bunch of stuff that we want to go over, uh, you know, show wise, toy wise, whatever. Um, so uh, I guess let's go ahead and, and jump in. Where, where do you want to start? Um, so let, let, let's, let's start with entertainment. Obviously I think we, there's, there's not a real, a whole lot of toy stuff. Um, uh, we have some Funko things that have happened. Um, there's some, uh, NECA stuff that's coming out, uh, and, and whatnot, but we'll get to that last. Uh, we'll save that for the end. So, uh, obviously, uh, did you get to the boys? I, I did not. Okay. I did. Um, I well, did get to uh, Supernatural, and I got to uh, Mandalorian. So I'm put like I, I like I said on the last uh, around the multiverse issue. Um, I I do have. Um, I am sorry. I am um, catching up on Supernatural myself, um, starting it from the beginning and working my way obviously to the end. Um, so I haven't watched any of the recent stuff for Supernatural, but I am, you know, I think I'm in like season four or five. So I'm moving pretty good. I mean, in, in two weeks, I've gotten through, you know, almost 100 episodes of Supernatural. Um, so pretty much any anytime I'm, I'm not watching wrestling, I'm watching Supernatural. Um, uh, big thing uh, this uh, in the last two weeks, uh, you know, we'll start with uh, television news. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring was renewed. Um, and well, not renewed, but they're bringing out, you know, they're, they're starting their recordings for their third season. Um, they, they did say they didn't know how many episodes they were going to get, um, in because of the COVID stuff. And obviously the, the difficulties for travel restrictions, I would almost, I would be surprised if this third season isn't mostly American based wrestling stories, because obviously it, it would make it really difficult to travel and get to Japan and some of these other countries that are, are prevalent in professional wrestling to do recordings. But I mean, obviously it's television. They don't see, I mean, the Batman um, just started uh, filming again in England and obviously England's going back under a pretty serious lockdown um, themselves as a result of the spikes and, you know, COVID tests and results. Um, but obviously we, we, you know, we know Hollywood doesn't play by the same rules as, the rest of us peasants out here so yeah um i really enjoy dark side of the ring i know um i know it's 
it's gloom and doom on a lot of its episodes, but I thought the Owen Hart um, episode in season two uh, was, I mean, it's absolutely, you know, gut-wrenching and heartbreaking um, to see what his family went through, but to have his story finally put out there for everybody to see, and I, and it brought a lot of, it sheds a lot of light on, on really one of the legends of our generation for this younger generation of people who, who maybe didn't get to experience um, what made Owen Hart, you know, in my opinion, the most charismatic and probably the most tailor-made for sports entertainment heart in, in, in the entire foundation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Owen was, and that's the thing, you know, there's, there's a whole generation of wrestling fans that they don't know anything about Owen and, and you know, what he brought to the table and, um, so yeah, I guess it's good that, you know, his story got told. It just, it sucks how it ended. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was really nice not to have the, um, the WWE governor on that story. Same thing, honestly, with, with the, the Chris Benoit episode at the beginning of the season. Um, obviously that's extreme. That's, that's an extreme tragedy that, you know, I think the entire wrestling community has kind of come to grips with and decide it like you know as much as we love you know the rabbit wolverine we can't accept the decisions or you know the, the the actions of chris benoit as a whole and obviously you know he's been kind of written out of the wrestling history books as a result but um they you know they obviously they interviewed you know his wife's sister they you know um they interviewed his son, David, and, and his ex-wife and things like that. And it, it's sad, obviously, you know, but it's a great they, – they do a really good job of highlighting the life of his wife as well. Um, I, I'm blanking on her name. Um, but Woman? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can't I, – I apologize. It's been a little while since I've watched the episode. But um, obviously she had a pretty distinguished career in professional wrestling as a manager. Um, and they talk about that. They talk about her time in WCW um, and how, you know, her and Chris met. And, I mean, they highlight a lot of the positive stuff in their relationship. And they don't dwell on that one um, tragic day too long. They talk about, you know, Eddie and his death and – um, things like that. I would assume you're going to get a, ver- a, a, diff- a a separate Eddie Guerrero episode down the line. Um, but um, I digress from that. Uh, obviously, that's a little wrestling talk for our uh, Inside the Rope listeners. Um, but uh, we have a little bit of news coming out of the Power Rangers universe. Um, Jonathan Entwistle of Netflix fame from... Uh, end of the effing world. I actually watched End of the Effing World season one. I did not watch season two, um, but I know critically it's one of those those series that like people that have Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Really enjoy it, but it's very dry, um, and it's it's a great concept. Basically, the kids a, the kid has the mentality of a serial killer. But he prevents himself from killing people. If that, like, you know what I mean? Like, he holds that back. But, like, in his head, he's constantly running scenarios about how he would, like, you know, murder his teachers and this, that, and the third. And he meets a girl who kind of, she's trying to help him discover his true self, which in reality is, you know, a serial killer. (laughs) Um, But she doesn't realize that. And obviously, they run off and, you know, go and do, you know, 
crazy shit and whatnot. But um, like I said, it's it's got a lot of love on Netflix, and um, it was reported by Deadline um, that he was actually in um, development to lead a live-action movie television um, shared Mighty Morphin Power Ranger uh, universe. So, I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you hit on that real quick since, uh, that's your, your wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I, I, no secret. I'm, I'm a fan of the power Rangers. Um, I just don't know how, how they're going to do it. You know, like, uh, the, the original show is what it is, right? You go back, you watch it now and you're just like, uh, huh, sure. I can't believe that I thought that this was great, but to, you know, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, even ten-year-old me, like, it was it was the coolest thing that I'd ever seen, right? Well, yeah, and and, 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 and you got to look in the context of, of time and, you know... It was marketed towards, and it was marketed towards that me, right? Yes. And, and, and it worked. Well, it's like, um, you know, it, you know, I hate to say this in, in, in the politically correct world that we're in right now. You know, people get offended, you know, and you see it all the time, you know, when you watch the perfect example, Disney Plus, because we're going to we're going to dive into Mandalorian in a little bit. Um, but Disney Plus, when you you watch old Disney, like older Disney stuff, they'll have the thing across the screen and say, hey, you know, this is this was created or animated during a different time period. Some of the imagery may be depicted as uh, racially insensitive and so on and so forth. And it's like you're almost apologizing for what came before, which for me as, as you know, as a dad, like it's, it's, it doesn't need to be addressed if you, you're raising your kids the right way. And, you know, they're, my, my daughter's three. So when you watch a certain Disney show, she, she can't really read yet. So, I mean, she's, she's getting there. But obviously, you know, she doesn't know what that says on the screen. But when she's watching that show, she's not like, oh, they're treating that person differently or they're doing this. And if she asked the question, we'd be like, yeah, well, we don't treat people that way. That's not how we do things in our household or in our family. Um, but, you know, it's almost Disney Disney apologizing for a time period where, unfortunately, that that stuff was acceptable. Um, like, I, I feel like we're, 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 we're falling into, you know, a, a, a pit as a society of, like, apologizing for our ancestry's behavior in a time period where like unfortunately that was the norm and you know we can't change how things happened 30 years ago we can only do things differently now but to touch on your your point with the power rangers like yeah when you go sit back and you watch the power ranger like man i can't believe i thought this (laughs) shit was cool but at the same time, you think back on it as, you know, an adult, you're like, well, I was 10. And, like, you, you obviously your boys are really, really into, you know, the Power Rangers as well. And they get the same enjoyment out of it that you did. So you got to put yourself in your in your kid's mentality when you when you watch something like, you know, like a Power Rangers. It, it, I hate to say it, but, but, like, Power Rangers doesn't fall into the category of, like, a superhero show or um, even, like, you know like a supernatural or like, I mean, that's all more adult oriented content. I even think superhero stuff tends to blur the line between kid and adult a lot. So like you could watch Batman, the animated series as an adult and be interested because the story is rich and it's not like kaboom pow. But I mean, obviously you could go back to Batman 66 and, 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 and probably have the same, you know, I can't believe this is 
what what this is what we thought was good in the 60s but i love batman i I love adam west that's my favorite you know one of my favorite um iterations is batman i have a ton of 66 memorabilia in in my cave and i I honestly i grew up on it with my my mom she would just record all the you know the episodes on um tv land and i would watch them on vhs growing up but um yeah i mean i I'm excited for it just because if it's well, yeah, and I, that's all I'm saying. I'm not, it's not that I'm not excited for. It. I'm just curious how they're what are what are we going to get? You know what I mean? Like, um, because we had the movie a couple years ago. Uh, whether people loved it or hated it, it, it happened. Yeah, and uh, overall, like being a Power Ranger fan, like I thought it was fine, but you'll have you know certain fans of of the franchise and go you know well i didn't like this about it you know uh or you know they the zords look crappy or or whatever and it's like yeah but like it's not ghostbusters 2016 level of ridiculousness right like yeah the, it still kind of stayed true to what power rangers was is about it had and, it had a lot of good a lot of parts to it that were done really well, in my opinion. I thought, uh, what's her name, playing playing Rita Repulsa. Obviously, Rita Repulsa is kind of supposed to be repulsing. Not, I mean, obviously, as you know, I'm sure as a dad who went to see that, you're like, oh, she's pretty good looking in this movie. But at the same time, she her character was played so well, in my opinion. I yeah. thought, I thought, and and obviously. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm 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 absolutely worse with names, obviously, you know. But the the actress that played Rita in the Power Ranger movie from 26 20 or was it 2016, 2017? Um now you're now you're probably on the spot. Crap. I don't know. A couple years back, whatever. The more recent one. The 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 actress who played Rita Repulsa, she's known more for comedy roles and more for um less serious stuff. And obviously I wouldn't consider Rita like this dramatic uptick in, in acting but yeah. at the same time she played the elizabeth banks by the way yes she played the role of a bad guy so well but it seems to be when these like comedic actors get put into action slash superhero either villain or hero um roles they seem to do really really well i mean obviously robert downey jr has had his serious acting gigs before iron man but he was i mean he kind of grew up in an era of of teen rom-com where he was a comedy act for a while um obviously i think the 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 two most prevalent ones are chris pratt and paul rudd i mean i don't think anybody considered them to be method or serious actors prior to their roles in Guardians and Ant-Man, um, respectively. But I thought I thought the most recent iteration of Power Rangers was great. My only problem, and I think any any uh, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger purist's problem, was the suits. I think if you would have just gave the normal suits to these kids, people would have accepted like a crazy different story. You know what I mean? They would have been like, okay, we're, we're, we're modernizing their, their origin. That makes sense. But at least at least it's what I, I'm, I'm accustomed to. But when they put them in those like exoskeleton suits, it made it really hard, I think, for a lot of like the purists to be like, all right, this isn't, this isn't the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Sure, but like, 
So uh, I looked at it from the all right real, realism in a fantasy world realism right um, just like uh, just like the Green Lantern movie right like yeah. you know you couldn't have Hal Jordan flying around in white gloves as Spanish he got this alien ring and uh, you know it made sense for the suit to be what it was um, same thing with with the Power Rangers movie, right? Like it makes sense, right? Zordon is an alien, you know, the, the Power Ranger powers are alien. Um, so the suits made sense yeah. uh, in, in that regard. The only thing that like, for me that like, I, I was just not aggravated with, but you know, just kind of let me scratch in my head was why the, why was there no morpher? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they had the coins. Um, they made, they even made a toy morpher. Right. But there was never any real morphing sequence, you know, like everybody knows the iconic, like it's morphin time. Yeah. And, you know, everybody shouts out their their dinosaur and their animal or whatever, and they become whatever that power ranger is. And you didn't have that. There, and if there was any complaint, and I'll, I'll use that word very loosely uh, to, to that movie, it was, yeah, there was no morphing sequence. But. I look past it, right? Like, you know, hey, they're trying. We've got a lot. It, it was 2017. There we go. 2017, we had a Power Rangers movie. Yeah. So, um, not going to complain. But too, I would too much. I would. I would almost. I would almost go to say though, if you don't have that movie, a couple years back, and it it did decent. It didn't do terrible, but. If you don't have that movie a couple years back, you you probably don't get the interest you get right now in a, in a new shared universe of it. That's true, um, uh, and and so like if they're gonna do a show, like cool, do the show, but let's see what the what the plan is to do the show. Right? Like, um, yeah. if you're gonna follow like the boom story, great, I'm all for it. Uh, if you're gonna try to make some, you know. Uh, I don't know uh, how how to put it. Um, a modern television show, <laughs> you know that. Yeah. That just it, it doesn't it doesn't really have any substance. All it does is it just checks a block. Uh, yeah. You know to make everybody happy. Like you know that's that's not that's so, not what I'm going to be interested. In. I think the best way to put it is I don't need another I don't need a CW version of the Power Rangers. Right. I don't need, you know, as much as I love, I mean, I do, I enjoy Riverdale. I mean, as, as 16 girl, 16 year old girlish, it sounds. Um, but I, I enjoy Riverdale a lot. You know, me and my wife watch it. Um, and you know, we, we enjoy that series, but I'm also a fan of Archie comics and I know how campy and like cartoony it really should be where the CW show is like murder, mystery, romance novel. And, I don't need that with my Power Rangers stuff. But inevitably, I think if you do Mighty Morphing Power Rangers with teenagers, that's what you're going to get regardless if it's on Netflix or it's on you know, CW or on Fox. Um, obviously, I would presume this is going to be a Netflix um, series of television show or movie um, just because obviously the, the director is obviously... Right well liked by Netflix and I, I just can't see this being like a Fox property like where like right. they're going to put it on like a, a like a Tuesday night and you know people are going to watch it or you know 
I can't see Fox wasting their time with it as a Saturday morning sitcom. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, uh, scale to one to 10, I'd say my interest is peaked at about a seven with that. Um, what about you? Oh, I, I, it's Power Rangers, man. Like I, I give, I will, I will give it a shot no matter what. Yeah. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. Uh, I will give it a shot no matter what, unless Melissa McCarthy is involved somehow. If Melissa McCarthy <laughs> is involved somehow, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm out. Um, well, we'll, we'll, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make this around the multiverse uh, spin more of a, a Charlie episode today. So we'll move on to more TV news um, with some more rumors. A lot of the stuff we talk about on here is all rumors, and it, it just gives us talking points for, for the issues. Um, Green Lantern casting rumors. We actually got two. Uh, we I haven't got around to making a post for the second one, but um, the second one doesn't really have a a person attached to it, so to speak, but it is a character they're looking for or they're currently trying to cast for. Um, so uh, first part of that news um, that actually has an actor attached to it, uh, rumors have been swirling um, lately that someone close to the Green Lantern series for HBO Max um, advised that an attractive blonde male from a recently ended HBO series um, is in talks for the role of Alan Scott. Um, so obviously... HBO has shows that end all the time and a lot of shows that maybe like has, you know, small fanfare, but according to this news that I've been trying to follow, um, through multiple websites, um, they said it was a acclaimed HBO series and really the only HBO series recently that has ended that I would say is critically acclaimed was Game of Thrones or Silicon Valley. And no offense to my Silicon Valley guys, um, I don't really see any of them as a, an attractive blonde male. So, uh, in all of my, you know, heterosexual opinion. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, obviously I'm alluding to um, Nicolodge, Nicolodge Coaster. I'm not even going to try his second part of his last name. Uh, Jamie Lannister uh, from Game of Thrones is obviously the the lead rumor for alan scott um i i don't mind it uh i think he's a he's he's a, a actor that has serious range i mean he was obviously one of the more interesting and prolonged characters of the course of um game of thrones he had a really bad ending in my opinion i think his character kind of went out uh poorly but um that's not on him that's on writing and we all know how well the last season of game of thrones went over like a wet fart in church. Um, but I'm excited. I like Alan Scott. To hear that Alan Scott's going to be involved means that we're going to get some JSA stuff, hopefully. Um, but that also builds on the Stargirl universe in a sense that maybe because it's going to CW, I don't I don't foresee him making a CW appearance. appearance. But there doesn't that doesn't say that Stargirl can't come over and do a crossover on the HBO Max with the, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, and you know, I, I've I've talked on previous issue or, or multiverse issues. I love Star Girl. My daughter loves Star Girl. We thought it was. I think it's the best. I think it's the best live action adaptation of a character that, that the DC TV universe has done to date. In, in, in any of them, other than Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was fucking great. I don't know why that still hasn't been renewed and pushed on the HBO Max yet, but or CW. Okay. 
Well, it's season one is on. Yes. Season yeah. one is on CW. And I don't know if they did that because they didn't have something to put on for the fall. But like I said, Swamp Thing was freaking great, man. I love that show. Um, so what's your thoughts on uh, Jamie Lannister picking up the, the mantle of Alan Scott? So I, I'm, fi- you know, I'm fine with it. Well, there, because it's, it's including another lantern universe. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody knows, you know, the, the, the how Jordan universe, so to speak. Right. Yeah. That's filled with all of the, the well-known lanterns, right. The, the guy Gardner's, the Kyle Rayner's, um, you know, every, everybody knows those folks. Yeah. Alan Scott, you know, a lot of people don't know who Alan Scott is. Unfortunately, they don't know that he was the, you know, the original Green Lantern. Um, and know. obviously for our LGBTQ listeners, he represents right. their community as well. Yeah. I mean, that was something that came later, but you know, yeah, I, I, they DC was, you know, ahead of the curve, Yeah, you know, not, not being forced to do it, you know, because they didn't have that, uh, that representation. They did it because they, they wanted to tell a story. Yeah. And, it, and, and they didn't, they didn't make a big deal about it. It wasn't like they, you know, Marvel, they had a, um, a wedding and they advertised it for months. Like they just dropped it in an issue. Like, yep, he's got a, he's got a boyfriend and they just kind of rolled on with the story for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the issues that came after that. And you're like, okay, cool. Like it wasn't a big, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of fan. And obviously people, there, there's different opinions of like, okay, well the Marvel thing, it, it, it shed a lot of light and a lot of, um, you know, positive media attention towards the LGBTQ community where you could argue that maybe the Alan Scott, you know, drop wasn't handled properly or, or, or with enough buzz that, that really generated it. But he, you know, passed that wedding for, what was it, Iceman and somebody else? I don't know. Um, you really haven't heard about that relationship since. But, you know, Alan Scott's relationships and his, you know, LGBTQ status has been touched on countless times after, his, you know, the news broke for him. Yeah, and so... Alan Scott, you know, interesting character, interesting lantern, you know, so we'll see where it goes. Um, I, you know, I'm excited for the fact that we're getting a live action Green Lantern show. Like, yeah. I don't care really who they cast is again. I will just keep going back to Melissa McCarthy. Uh, so <laughs> as long as it as long as she's not involved in anything, she's going to be the she's going to be the voice of uh, what's the cat's name? The Red Lantern. Oh, um. Uh, I can't. He was in Justice. I know it. I know it. He was in Justice League Odyssey, and I can't for for the life of me ever remember the name of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Like you said, it's a Green Lantern show. We've been foaming at the bit to get a Green Lantern either TV show or whether to see him in a TV show through the Arrow series or Flash series. Or see him on a movie, um, you know, whether it's in the Snyderverse or, I mean, shit, I even took a Ryan Reynolds sequel right. with a different director and direction. But obviously an HBO Max series is great because, you know, it's probably going to be pretty quality. And obviously, you know, with with the actor rumored for this role, they're clearly looking for quality, you know, quality actors as well which is good to see um you know what what or how much of a role 
people have in it because yeah. from what I'm understanding, a lot of this is based in the, you know, uh, earth one. Yeah. You know, the non JSA universe, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so part two to your green lantern, uh, rumors for, as far as casting goes, like I said, no actor or no actress attached to the role, but I guess the casting call for one of the leads for the Green Lantern series was made, you know, public or leaked or whatever you want to call it. Um, and you have a they look they are looking for a minority female lead um, for the series to play one of the lanterns, and they weren't looking for a Hispanic lead, so they're not looking for a Jessica Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that the character the lead would be a alien, not a human. Um, but they wanted a, a you know an African American um, female actress for the role, and she will be working side by side with Jay Garrick in his role in the show. And apparently, I mean, I guess for current event purposes, they will be having starkly different opinions on how to police the multiverse, so to speak. Um, so I've actually said before that I think that DC comics is missing the boat on a really good Jay Garrick line or series where he kind of comes back to earth and he deals with, you know, corruption within police department. Cause obviously he was a, he was a former Baltimore city police officer. Um, if, I mean, if you could get Baltimore city to agree to it, um, uh, maybe pay him a royalty or whatever, maybe it'll help their department. Uh, but get them to come in, um, him come in and basically clean up the Baltimore City Police Department in a comic series um, from the inside, so to speak. But I think with what I'm hearing from this casting rumors, um, you're probably going to have, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I I think you're going to have some, I guess it's not even racial tension, but maybe like species tension, so to speak. But I mean, he's kind of always I mean, unfortunately, he's kind of always been portrayed that way. He doesn't really get along with the alien side of things um, when it comes to to the Green Lantern universe. Um, obviously, within the comics, he's accepted certain people as his friends and obviously a, a part of the core. But well, I'm what, going back to you know who who they could be casting or what character they could be looking at. They said she's original for the show. Oh, she's original for the yes, show. Yes, that, that was a piece I left out, sorry. Yeah, she's completely 100% original. You know, like, uh, Joe Mullings, like, where she's, like, uh, in the far sector. Yeah. Like that? Yeah, the, I don't, see, I don't know, I haven't read Far Sector. I know it's, I know it's popular, I know a lot of people enjoy it, um, but I don't know if she's alien or not. I thought she was human. No, she is, because she was, yeah. So then the only thing that I could come back to that, well, like you said, it doesn't matter because she's she's original to the show. I was thinking, like, it could be, like, Kat Matui or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the idea that they're going to do an original for just the show. And obviously, I believe Jeff Johns is heavily involved in this. So, I mean, he... He's hit or miss. He's hit or miss with a lot of stuff he he's done lately. Um, but obviously, not with not with Greenland. <laughs> yeah, but he obviously he he's he's 
he's famed for his Green Lantern Flash work. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously, on uh, our Hot Off the Press issue on Wednesday, uh, we discussed, you know, I think he just delivered one of the best Joker stories of, I mean, for me, all time. Um, but definitely in the modern um, era of comics. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, um, I'm probably at like a 6. I'm interested to see who gets cast and obviously get to see more about the backstory. I'll probably be more excited after issue or, or episode 1 of that um, uh, once we find out who is and what they're, um, what they're all about, so to speak. And for me, it's Green Lantern. So once again, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the he- so on the heels of Halloween, uh, a couple weeks back, it was announced that um, Tim Burton would be heading a, well, rumors announced, uh, that Tim Burton would be uh, pegged to head the Adams Family TV series via Deadline Hollywood um, reboot. So they're going to bring back... The Adams Family for a television reboot. Uh, what network or streaming platform that that'll come through uh, remains to be seen. I for for the life of me, I thought the Adams Family fell under the Warner Brothers uh, family of of shows, but I could be wrong. It's been so long since they've had a television series. Um, but I don't know how – my problem is is I can't be too excited about Tim Burton doing it because how long is he going to do it is the question. You know, right? are we getting one episode of Tim Burton and then the rest of it's going to be some, like, guest executive producers and directors? Or are we getting an entire Tim Burton universe of the Adams Family where he's involved heavily through at least – an entire season or two seasons or three seasons or whatever. You know what I mean? Because we, we've seen what's happened when you get like a Burton universe and then you let somebody else take over it with Batman, you know, Batman and Batman, um, uh, Batman returns are Harold is two of the greatest Batman movies of all time. And then obviously Schumacher took over the Burton universe and just fucking shit all over it. And I, I mean, I shouldn't say shit all over it because even that has it, it, its quirks and things that people, people can like about it. But obviously forever and Batman and Robin are, are, are not, uh, <laughs> not heralded, uh, parts of the bat collection, so to speak. Um, yeah. The the thing with Adam saying like so like it falls under um it falls under like who who owns Universal like who, what's the what's the Universal the, uh NBC sorry okay so there we go so so it'll be controlled by NBC so it'll it'll more likely end up on the Peacock network if it's or streaming service if it's not a a NBC primetime type uh show um I. <laughs> I can't say that I'm a, a an Adams family expert. Um, I do think that it's it's uh, obviously it's a funny show. It's a good you know, it's got a lot of diehard fans out in the world, and obviously they've done countless movie reboots and they've done you know animated shows and things like that. So I mean, it's definitely got its following. So I I, I can see the appeal, but obviously attaching Tim Burton to anything in the remote horror portion of the universe gets people, you know, excited. Right. Um, uh, so for me, I'm probably pushing 
I don't know, probably a six on that as well. Like I said, I'll be more, I'll be extremely excited to know that he's in it for a long haul. Obviously, he's not really doing a lot of movies right now. I, I don't think he's come out with anything serious in, in the last couple of years. Um, some more, uh, more casting, uh, via deadline, uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, most uh, famed for his Star Wars role as um, Poe, uh, will be playing the lead role in the new Marvel Studios uh, Moon Knight series for Disney+. Plus. Um, of all the news that we're talking today, as crazy as it sounds, this is probably the one that I'm, I'm most excited for. Because um, I, I love him as Poe in, in Star Wars. I think he was one of the highlights of the new trilogy. Um, he's a great actor, um, period. But I, Moon Knight is probably the closest that you get to Batman, like, you know, like, like the grittiness of it in the Marvel Universe, other than like Daredevil, obviously. Um, and if we're not going to get Daredevil, I'll take Moon Knight. It's a good consolation. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to separate the the actor from the character. Yeah. Uh, because like basically, once Star Wars was done signing his checks, he just went out and started trashing them, and. Uh, you know, like I, I thought that this was this would be an interesting pick, considering how he spoke about you know Disney executives and and everything. Well, with- uh, maybe this is them trying to throw. Uh, so this is my thing. There's been a lot of outing of the 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 business side of Hollywood in the last calendar year, two years. I mean, you're seeing it with Ray Fisher. With the the Snyderverse in um, Warner Brothers, he's back doing secondary shots for the Snyder Cut for J- Justice League, and every week he's he's out talking shit about Warner Brothers. So it's clear that you know these these big studios are willing to work with people who don't like them, and people who don't like them are willing to work with the studio. So, like, you can be unhappy all you want, and you can you can be displeased with how a project went, obviously, but it doesn't mean that, you know, necessarily the studio is not going to use that person. And I get where you're coming from as a fan, because you're like, well, he shit all over a series who that made him, basically, um, who he is. In, 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 the the hollywood scene but i i mean for me like i try not to to pay attention to that shit you know the 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 drama because that's like i said that's one of those 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 things that the peasants can't really i I don't really have a a a say in now it could be controversial with him being cast as moon knight because he could fall into like a rut where he's unhappy and then they have to recast the character i mean I'd say CW went through that with Ruby Rose. Um, but now there's rumors that Ruby Rose. Um, 
wasn't that more of like because of her injury that she wanted? No. To- so she actually came out and said that it had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with the injury. Now the rumors of the reason why Ruby Rose stepped down from CW was because Bat she she wants to be considered for more movie roles, not TV. Obviously, she, her biggest claim to fame is Orange is the New Black, but she said she wants to do movies and she said if the character ever came to her again in a movie format she would 100% put the cow back on I, do I really need an, I mean I didn't hate her as back woman like at all like I actually thought she looked good in the suit I thought she carried the character well and she and everybody like getting upset about the ruby like the the whole LGBTQ spin in that and how much they emphasized it I'm like you clearly haven't read a Batwoman comic like every opening panel is her in the bed with another woman or Detective Montoya or whoever she's with at the time like that's pretty heavy shit for you know that's pretty normal status quo shit for um the, the the Batwoman series, but um, I digress on on her. But I'm like I said, I'm excited because I like the Moon Knight character, and I do like the actor. I you mean I don't obviously I don't have the attachment to Star Wars that you do, um, but I can understand because Star Wars fans are you know, some of the more the most loyal in fandom. So I get where you're coming from with that, though. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, you know, Moon Knight is a character where I'm like. You know, uh, he's strange, man. It's a strange cat. Um, <laughs> your, your powers are based around the moon. Like if well, the moon is full, you're good. Well, not just, well, not just that though. I mean, it's the, so it'll be interesting. So the moon Knight series that I read was a couple years back. Um, and it was actually the, the, the Mr. Knight or Mr. Moon Knight, or the, the one, the version where he's in the suit. Um, but he was in a mental institution and they were basically telling him like what you, there's you you're not a superhero like you're not who you say you are like you're insane and i thought that was a really 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 good like take on the character and like it dove really deep into like his egyptian roots and things like that if they do that where like oscar isaac is playing a character that's having a mental break and he's like freaking out because he's got these new powers and he doesn't know if he's actually a superhero or if or if he's experiencing you know some sort of psychotic break like i think that would be a cool play and honestly it really falls in the wheelhouse of joe of the the most recent joker movie where like is he imagining this reality around him or is it actually happening? I think that would be a cool play. And then obviously, you know, at the end, he, you know, he realizes, no shit, I actually am a fucking superhero. So, I mean, but, uh, like, uh, I, I'm probably about a seven on this. Like I said, it, it's the news that I'm most excited about because I think it's the most concrete thing we have. Um, it was a rumor, but then it was confirmed like literally the next day, um, that he was going to be, was going to be taking the role. Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm about a seven out of ten on that one. All right. Yeah, I I'm I don't have as much interest just because one, it's it's a Marvel character, <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm more I'm more interested we're we're more interested in the hypothetical DC news that's not confirmed than we are in the the Marvel <laughs> stuff. Um, speaking of DC, uh, since uh we we get back in our wheelhouse, um. Titans uh, dropped a teaser on Sunday, last Sunday, um, and then you know with a teaser, literally it was a teaser 
for the teaser that was coming out the next day. Um, but they, they hit us with the, the red hood teaser, um, which in all honesty, man, I was ecstatic for really was, I, I, I was really, really, really interested in, in, in seeing, I didn't know what we were getting day two. So I didn't know that they were going to give us a full reveal of what red hood looks like. Um, I'm interested because obviously Titans is coming from DC Universe to HBO Max. It's not going to show on CW, so it's still going to be kind of grittier, kind of darker. But what I'm interested to see is, is what do they do? Like, how do we go from season two's ending where they were um, they were teasing um, Starfire's nemesis to now Red Hood? without having the joker how does how does jason todd become red hood without the joker yeah it's that's that's gonna yeah because you know then we're gonna assume that anybody listening to this knows how jason becomes red hood or why he becomes red hood well i'm gonna ruin that for you in a couple minutes when i talk about the death in the family dvd but we'll get back we'll get to that in a minute um it's you know if if there is no Joker, yeah, how does he become Red Hood? Yeah, so uh, I don't know how much I want that to change. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly, and and how they change it. So we'll see. Um, obviously, the character imagery is dope. He it's fucking comic accurate to a T almost. So I was excited about that. We we uh, you know I made up a little graphic for us with um the Red Hood logo and Titans logo and imagery that they released. So I was, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I like Red Hood as a character. He's extremely complex. Uh, three Jokers, once again. Uh, we discussed that on Hot Off the Press. I think best Joker story of modern time. Obviously, Red Hood's featured in it, extremely heavy. Um, and I'm interested to see if we get a sequel to Three Jokers, which I, I, I would almost presume we will. Um, it did, it did very well. Um, so, uh, when, uh, that comes out, uh, I believe early next year, um, I know they're shooting now and they've, they've released more teasers too of, um, Dick wearing the, um, the Nightwing costume as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not 100%, you know, like in love with the Titan show, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought season two was fantastic. Season two was way better than season, season one. one. But you know, I also, I'm, I'm in the wheelhouse of, I would have enjoyed a Hulk, a Hulk and Dove spinoff show. Because, yeah. because they're not, obviously, I don't consider them, I don't consider them Titans. Yeah. And I would much rather preferred, at this point, Cyborg leaving Doom Patrol and going to the Titans. Because... When I think Teen Titans, I think Robin, Cyborg, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy. Yeah. And we're missing we're missing that one, that one piece, um, so to speak. But who knows? Maybe we get them. Maybe we don't. Maybe that's the end of season two, three, and whatever. Um, that I'm that I'm at. A, I'm I'm like I said. I, I was very excited about Moon Knight. I'm I'm, I'm probably at the same. Because I'm concerned for the story, I, I'd say I'm probably about at like a six point five, six point eight, just just slightly under the Moon Knight excitement. Um, 
So da, 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 da. I think that kind of wraps up casting rumors and all the other stuff that's come out the last couple of weeks. Um, so let's move on to I want to give a little review, so to speak. Um, I was able to get my hands on the Batman Death in the Family DVD um, that came out a couple, probably like two or three weeks back. Um, man, there's a lot in that. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, as far as the DVD itself goes, um, it's interactive. So you, you know, you're watching, you get like probably like a seven to 10 minute clip and then it gives you the ability to choose what comes next and everything you choose changes the story just a little bit. I think it says it had 21 unique endings, um, or 21 unique storylines. Um, but because all you basically some some storylines are only three options. Some are I think I think I went as long as like five or six decisions, um, but they're great, man. Like like the first one I was watching, they some somehow we got Zernar Batman, and I was like, where the fuck did this come from? But it was it was cool how they they built into it. So like my my first choice was that. Um, Jason survives, but Batman dies. So basically, Batman dies carrying Jason out of the warehouse. Um, he gets there in time. He grabs Jason. And as he's basically carrying him out, the warehouse blows and the explosion kills Bruce. Um, and that's where Zern R came in because Talia went and scooped up Bruce, basically, and dropped him in the Lazarus pit. And then like, you make the decision whether you want to kill Bruce or save Bruce. Um, and you know, it, it, it's, it's like I said, there's 21 storylines that you can go down. Um, there's a storyline where Jason becomes hush. There's a storyline where he becomes red Robin. There's a storyline where he becomes Batman. There's a storyline where Batman obviously lives and you, you play out the traditional storyline, but then, you know, there's a storyline where Batman lives and kills the Joker or Jason lives and I mean, it, 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 dude, it's a fucking web of, of decision. It's, it, and it's, it was actually fun. I sat up. I mean, I, I watched that after a long, a long, long day with the family at Hershey park. Um, but it had my interest at like two o'clock in the morning for like probably two hours, three hours, um, just sitting there, just running through the different scenarios and be like, did I try that one with this one? You know what I mean? So people were concerned with it coming out that like, oh, they're just going to regurgitate death in the family. And you do get a lot of scenes from under the red hood, um, the animated movie. But I think they limited those scenes because Jason Eccles obviously voiced uh, Jason Todd in Red Hood in the original Under the Red Hood animated movie, and I guarantee you they probably didn't want to pay him too much um, for this one. Um, but the big thing for me with that was the DC showcase in the extras. Um, you got a Sergeant Rock um, animated short, um, The Phantom Stranger, Death, and Adam Strange. Dude, they were great. All four of them. I mean, they're like 10, 15 minutes. But God damn, they were all good. The Sergeant Rock ones in World War II, um, he gets um, he gets paired up with the Monster Men. Um, and, you know, basically they're fighting, you know, Nazis who are making zombie 
using deceased American soldiers and turning them into, you know, mindless zombie, you know, soldiers for them. Um, the Phantom Stranger um, short kind of deals with like a, like a Manson family type situation, like cult. And, you know, he fights basically the, the, the devil, so to speak. Um, that was that was great. That wasn't like more like Scooby Doo style animation. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd say no better. Uh, it was Bruce Tim style animation for so like Justice League Unlimited. And then um, Adam Strange uh, was was honestly probably the more the well. I would say Death was definitely the most uh, in depth of the all like story wise. But the yeah, Adam Strange one was great. I mean, obviously he's in the new God universe with like Dark Side and all them. So. Um, and the Zeta beams and all that good shit. So that was great too. Um, but then the death one, like I said, that was, it was actually kind of sad. Basically this guy was an artist and, um, you know, he's painting and like, he's talking to death. He thinks he's painting like a real person, but obviously she's there to, to take him to the other side or whatever. And he basically begs her because she lets him finish the painting of her. And he begs her to, you know, to save the painting because his, his apartment catches on fire after his death. And, you know, that's how he's found, you know, dead. And mm -hmm. she's like, you know, she he begs her. So she literally just saves the painting. The whole entire place burns down around him, but the painting stays and it's of her. Um, and he's like, this is my, you know, my masterpiece or whatever. But it was a great, like I said, great little short. Um, honestly, uh, I gave it a, you know, I, I kind of started a new thing, a certified awesome DGI uh, certification process. Um, yeah, it's absolutely certified awesome, and it's a, it's definitely a must add if you, if you're a big fan of collecting the the Blu-rays of the animated series and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely a nine out of ten for me with that, and definitely a must have if if you collect the the animated DVDs. Um. Let's run through some toy news real quick, um, and then we'll jump right into Mandalorian to wrap up. Um, well, do, do you want to run through what? Because I, I have a couple things that I wanted to, to talk about um, from from a toy wise, which will actually eventually lead into Mandalorian. Yeah, so, so let's let's do toy let's do toys real quick. Um, so NECA announced, um, and they've been up for pre order now for a couple weeks. Um, Batman Returns one fourth scale action figures, so they're they're large figures. The fucking Batman one is dope. It's a hundred hundred bucks, I believe, um, for the figures. But you have Batman, um, you have Burton's and Keaton's Batman, Danny DeVito's Penguin, and Catwoman, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Uh, I mean, when I say fucking movie accurate, movie accurate, like. You get the you get multiple heads for Catwoman, one with the bodysuit completely intact, and then one with the the mask ripped with her hair falling out, and she has the the taser that she uses on um, Max at the end, um, and then the penguin comes completely clothed in trench coat, full garb with the hat and the gloves and all the good shit, um, and then obviously Batman you get uh, you get Batman. <laughs> and it's it's honestly I, I i might end up getting it um before christmas myself just because like i said it, it neca does a great job of articulation and and character detail on their figures and their one and fourth figures are always amazing to look at um 
Did we? I feel like I, we, yeah, we definitely went over uh, the Dr. Fate uh, Mezco release. Yeah. Um, I was actually able to get my hands on... So now I have both the Onyx version, uh, which was a Mezco exclusive um, from Batman Day, and the regular Supreme Knight uh, Mezco figure. I'm waiting on the PX exclusive Supreme Knight, which is just blue instead of black and gray. So it's blue and gray. Um, I've, um, like I said, Mezco is a company that I think is very underrated. We talked about that during the last issue. Um, I'm excited for for that. Um, as far as Funko goes, uh, the artist series pops released on Sunday. I was able to finish off that series for Batman. I'm finding though, you know, so obviously we we just went through the fall um, convention um, scene, so to speak, and we touched on that in the last issue, where I felt like things were shipped pretty fast. Um, thing, you know, things were in stock. It wasn't really hard to get the things you wanted to get as long as you logged on when you needed to or went to the store when you needed to. However, I'm starting to see the effects of COVID on Funko. So Hot Topic released Blacklight Batman Pops, uh, Batman the Animated Series Pops. It released a Joker, a Harley Quinn, and a Batman, um, all Hot Topic exclusive. They have been sold out all weekend. To the point that this morning I saw like within like a minute, somebody posted in one of the groups like, hey, I was able to snag these two. Um, they're in stock. And I went on and only Joker was in stock. And by the time I went to go click the cart, he was out of stock. So I don't know if they're limiting this release on purpose or what it is or if it's going to be available at a later time. But this is probably the smallest Hot Topic exclusive release that I've experienced in, in recent memory. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm starting to think it's a pandemic thing because the bat, so obviously those, you have those pops. I've had the holiday pops on pre-order through Entertainment Earth and I've been getting those. I literally ordered like 14 of them or whatever, whatever the number, I think it's six of those, but I ordered like a bunch of other pops as well. And they're coming in like individually. And they're back ordered, so I think Funko might be starting to feel all the effects of of the pandemic finally in 2020, um, which can't bode well moving forward for the brand. Um, people already get pissed off when shit gets pushed back, or they order it and they're waiting months and months and months. But we'll see. Um, Big Bat, uh, Big Apple Toys uh, released a Hellbat exclusive. I'm still waiting on my Brainiac. So that's what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to allude to here. If you're a Funko collector like myself and unlike Charlie, I mean, he, he dabbles, but not, you know, hardcore anymore. But when you look at it, you know, you look at it from an outsider's perspective or a collector's perspective, you're, you're starting to get, I, I would, I'm not raising the alarms, but I would start getting concerned with your, your Funko orders, so to speak. Um, and, and when they're going to get to you and how quickly they are going to get to you. Um, what do you got? What's what's going on on your side? I'm sure it's Hasbro or Star Wars or yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know me, and you know what I'm into. But um, big things, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go through real quick of some of the cool stuff, and then we'll tie it all into Mandalorian. So um, biggest stuff, right? Uh, you know, if if you're listening, you know you you've probably listened to a bunch of our stuff, and we uh, when we did our um, hot off the press, we talked about uh, deceased, you know, DC's deceased universe, and 
there were some deceased figures that came out. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see them, but uh, they did Hal, they did Batman, they did um, um, a bunch of, uh, well, I think there's going to be two waves. Um, and uh, I know they did Aquaman. Um, who else? Was, oh, Joe. was this for DC Collectibles? Yeah, DC Collectibles. Yeah, they've 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 done pretty much all the major characters. Yeah, um, so that was cool to see that. Um, and then in the uh, McFarlane Batman line, uh, there's the Thomas Wayne uh, Batman that's getting ready to release, um, which you know, I, I've I've held off on buying anything, but I may buy this. Um, yeah, because of how awesome it looks. So, if anybody has been listening from the very inception of DGI, I was extremely excited about McFarlane and the concept of him getting the line and having, you know, or getting 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 the DC universe, so to speak, under his umbrella. But I'm less excited about it now because you know I I made a decision when um, Mattel had. DC still that I wanted to collect the Batman figures from their their DC collectible or their their DC their multiverse line because I just I thought they were quality figures for the most part. And then obviously McFarlane got the DC multiverse line once they left Mattel and I was like, "Oh, well shit, like McFarlane makes great figures." I thought I was going to have a break between figures. Sure. But instead, it's it's literally all Batman. And I don't mind it, but the issue you're running into now is I don't think they were selling well. $25 action figures is a tough push, especially on, on a brand new inception of a line. So, you know, you're, some places were as high as 30, some places as low as 20, but 25 is kind of the median in that market for McFarlane as, as far as the multiverse figures. I. I can't spend $25 a figure. I just can't, especially when you're putting out six Batmans in one, in one wave. And to be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of how all of them turned out. I do. I do like the Sean Murphy. I did like the rebirth style Batman and I like the animated series, but I have the animated series DC collectibles line. And I think they're the best figures that have come out in, in the last decade. And it sucks that, you know, DC direct is ending, but like I said, I, I was excited, but now it's waned on me. And now they're doing tiers of like platinum, gold, this, that, and the third. And like they, he, okay. the, the, the McFarlane artist series one. And I'm like, man, I'm done. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. You, you've lost me. So there's that. Yeah. All right. Um, going back to Ghostbusters, we got kind of referenced earlier. So there is a Ghostbusters Lego, uh, Ecto one, a new one yes. getting, re- or getting released. And, in looking at it, looks way better than the first one uh, that came. Not that I had anything against the first one. I thought that the first one they did was good. This one looks a little bit more for for what Lego is, right? Looks yeah. more detailed. Well, uh, Lego's so, been Lego's been doing a really good job of the of of the homage, I would say, or the 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 nostalgia sets like the Batwing set that's out now for or it was out for like twenty five seconds and then went on back order. Um, on the Lego site, but also the, the 89 Batmobile from uh, Black Friday last year. So my, th- my my point I'm making is is that they've done a lot of this stuff before where like they're like, oh, well, this is, this is the Batmobile. And you're like, eh, that looks kind of dumpy. 
But now they come out with this, the bigger, they're going to charge you for it, but they're like, oh, well, here's the collector series version. And you're like, fuck, that's nice. Right. Uh, and let's see. All right. And just because I know we want to get to the Mandalorian, uh, we'll run through. So uh, the uh, Walmart exclusive figures um, that were up for pre-order a couple of weeks ago, maybe months ago, uh, they actually started showing up in stores. Okay. Um, and uh, if you weren't there when they got delivered, you didn't get them. So I saw um, I saw a a Mandalorian uh, figure. It was at Best Buy. It was a Kenner, a massive fucking backboard to it. He was um, the uh, the uh, heavy artillery. Yeah. Heavy Mando. Yeah. So those that's uh, that's the like the artist series uh, that they're kind of doing. So that one was exclusive to Best Buy. Like there were there was four of them. So they did a Mandalorian, like the regular Mandalorian. Uh, they did a Cara Dune. They did a heavy infantry Mando. Yeah. And, and um, was the other one IG Eleven? I can't. I I'm not sure. I just saw the heavy artillery one on one of the collectors' pages, and I was like, "Damn, that's a good looking like a good looking box." Like you know, what I mean? like it's as stupid as that sounds. I was like, "Man, that looks cool shit." It's cool, but see, like for me, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm an opener, right? Yeah. So, so you'd have to get two if you really wanted to appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm not dropping, you know, fifty dollars on two figures. So, uh, and that's you know, it's something that you know I really really want. And when I looked at those, I was like, I don't really really want them. Yeah. Um, so I passed on. Them. I know a lot of people like them, and that's that's cool. Um, and we're getting more drops, you know, periodically. Uh, same thing with the vintage collection stuff. There's lots of vintage collection stuff. Um, the holiday themed Black Series figures, they're all dropping. Uh, but uh, there's also the retro uh, line for Mandalorian. And so this is where I'm like, I don't know if I want to go down that. Like, for me, I don't collect a lot of the 3.75 inch figures, the original size figures. Yeah. I, I like the series for what they are. Um, I get some of them, but not all of them. And so now they're going to do a retro Mandalorian line. And I feel like that is, that's a stretch for me only because they, they weren't original. Yeah. You know, well, like when, when Target has released the retro figures before, it's like, okay, well, yeah, these are just remakes of the original figures. Yeah. Now you're making new characters look old and i don't know if i feel like dropping that money on it yeah and and my thought process obviously like i've said before not a huge star wars guy but i do like the mandalorian series i've followed that from the start um and i'm i'm all balled in on it um we are team baby yoda in this house full frontal <laughs> but at the end of the day i agree with you as far as star wars collectibles go i do follow that market <laughs> They are trying to capture the nostalgia, but they're trying to box in the collector who thinks like, well, shit, you know, the, the, the Boba Fett prototype from 25 years ago, 30 years ago was worth a billion fucking dollars. One of these is going to like none of the stuff that's coming out now is going to be worth anything close to what Kenner was wor is worth from back in the day. But it seems like they're trying to to capture that, and they're trying to capture that nostalgia of collecting Star Wars figures by putting them in the retro cards or making them, you know, doing the pushing this three point seven five line, even though Black Series is probably a better modern line for them. Um, but like I said, I've 
I've enjoyed this, the whole Star Wars universe. I've enjoyed Mando and everything that they've been doing to this point. Um, but I, I don't see the collectability in Mando right now. I just don't. It's collectible for the the short term, but in you know, it's it's something that's flooding the market at the point at this point. You know what I mean? So there's going to be a million figures on the market there's no right. there's no value in that as a collector now if you if you're collecting it because you like star wars like i'm a batman guy i care less about value or resale like i'm not taking any of my shit to a store selling it on ebay if you don't care then you don't care you know you're you're just collecting the line because you love the show or you love the franchise but if you're in this because you know you're like oh well i want to pay for my kid's college fund one day i think this is going to be worth money I think you're in the wrong business. Yeah, I think man, you're barking up the wrong tree with anything Mandalorian related at this point. Minus like some of like the sideshow stuff and whatnot. Yeah, well, I'd say like the Razor Crest that they're making, like uh, you know, that was that that was through Hasbro Hasbro Pulse, and that had to be back. And then you know you got all the different tiers and everything. That'll carry. That'll still have value to it, but it's yeah. not going to be. You know, you're not going to pay for a tuition. You know, off of just that that yeah. vehicle. Um, so, so let's, let's jump into the show. Yeah. So what were, what were your thoughts on episode one? Dude. <laughs> I, the, the, so I went from like, well, just, I was already excited anyway. Yeah. Right. And then, um, then we get to, we get through that, that awesome opening first, uh, first scene, I guess. And then it turns into like, all right, well, he's going to go to this town. He's going to try to track down this Mandalorian. And boom, what do you see? Boba Boba Fett. Fett so we were, <laughs> I watched it Friday morning when I got home from work. And my wife came in and was, you know, taking a break from school, from virtual schooling. And she was sitting down with me. And I'm like, obviously, I'm, like I said, I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, that's fucking, that's fucking Boba Fett. And she's like, yep. and I kept saying it. I was like, I'm, and I'm like trying to reassure myself. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Boba Fett. And she's like, are you sure it's Boba Fett? I was like, no, I'm not. That's why I keep saying it out loud. I said, but I'm pretty sure that it, I was like, I'm pretty sure that it is. I said, but he's dead. I'm like, I know this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm at least caught up on this portion of the, the programming. And she was like, so obviously, you know, you watch it and what's it, you know, he take, I knew it wasn't him the moment he took the helmet off. Right. Well, so so that happened, right? And the second that helmet came off, and I'm like, oh, well, you know what? He's still not dead. No, he's not dead. Like I went into the yeah. denial, right? Like you know, like somebody very important to me passed away, and I just can't accept the fact <laughs> <laughs> that Boba Fett is dead. And I'm like, the whole so the whole time, like I enjoyed the episode, the story that they told, and what they were trying to do. Well, what's great. what's the actor that was playing um, the guy in the the Boba Fett armor? Uh crap! I can't. I don't know his name. I I, I just know. he he's just he's the sheriff from uh, the marshal from Justified for me, and that's right. literally the same role he played in Mandalorian. Was he was basically he was the sheriff. Yeah. So he was the he was and he I love Justified. Justified is one of the most underrated shows of all time in my opinion. So seeing him, I was like, oh shit! And then seeing his character, I'm like, Jesus Christ! It's they, they wrote the same character from Justified just in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And then obviously I did, you know, I did some more research and did some more reading and, you know, obviously he is canon, canon based off the books, yeah. um, which is cool that they brought that into the universe that they've done such a good job with Mandalorian of like bringing shit in from, 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 uh, from print 
that's canon yeah. that people have no idea that's canon, but just hitting on it and making it just being so successful at it. But then we got to the end. Yes. And I'm like, finally, like, I'm not crazy for saying he's not dead, even though they didn't say that it was Boba Fett. It's fucking Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. We all know that it's Boba Fett. Yeah. Like, everybody, you know, Stevie Wonder saw that episode somehow <laughs> and knew that it was Boba Fett. <laughs> but the, th um, the thing, though, is, is, like, I talked to a buddy of mine who I, I mean, I consider, I mean, I consider him like a, a Star Wars ex, uh, the kid, the guy, or I should say, the guy eats, sleeps, and breathes, like, non-stop like that's his that's his batman and he asked me if i watched and what i thought about it and, you know we talked a little bit and he said you know i said i'm interested to see what goes on moving forward with the boba fett tease and he's like i don't think he doesn't believe you're gonna get a lot of him he said you might get like an episode but that'll be it because if you bring boba fett in the mandalorian it's gonna take away from the mandalorian um yeah because I, I, and I agree with that assessment, right? Like, I don't need Boba Fett to be a, a regular character on the show, but for us Star Wars fans, especially, you know, like, you know, for a character that really didn't have that much screen time and for a character that's had basically his entire existence after Return of the Jedi uh, wiped away with the Disney acquisition. Yeah. Um, you know, because they got rid of all the books because Boba Fett survives you know, after Return of the Jedi and the books and everything and, and all that became, you know, no longer canon. Um, so everybody was back to, well, like is Boba Fett alive. Yeah. So at least now we have that, which is nice. Um, but I don't need, I don't need a Boba Fett show, you know, go ahead and, you know, you want to do comics and everything and you want to reestablish the canon for what happened to Boba Fett, what got him to yeah. where we seen Mandalorian. I'm all for it. My thought process, my thought process on that though is, is maybe they got rid of the books to use the books. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like in in in, in a term of like, okay, well, we're we're gonna get rid of the books because there's probably a lot of fluff. There's probably a lot yeah. of shit in the books that just they don't need. But we're gonna take what was really done well in those books and we're gonna bring it to life and we're gonna put it on television or put it in the movies or do it that way. I don't mind them doing it that way. I really don't. Yeah. Um, obviously the, you know, my, my household is, like I said, baby, my daughter, I mean, she literally knows no other character in the star Wars universe other than baby Yoda. So clearly Disney did their job with, with baby Yoda, yeah. but I, my problem I'm having now with the whole baby Yoda thing is you. So in season one, when, when Mando was in danger, Yoda always kind of came, you know, kind of came to the rescue almost, so to speak. You know, showed he had his abilities to use the force. Right. So you have this big, what's the monster called? What's the, 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 the sandworm? Huh? Oh, the sandworm. Ah, uh, ah, uh, it's not a Sarlacc. Oh, crap. Whatever right. it is. I don't, I don't, you can crucify me because I'm going to call it a, a fucking, a tremor. Sandworm. I'm going to call it a fucking sandworm, tremor, whatever I want to call it. Um, but obviously, you know, my in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Yoda could fucking rip this thing in half. <laughs> Instead, we're sacrificing all the sand people and townspeople like fucking lambs to the slaughter. And, you know, Yoda's just chilling on the hilltop. And I'm like, come on. Yeah, but, but remember, like, it does take a lot out of him. Like, yes. He still has mastered his, his power. So... You know, maybe it was one of those like, 
no, I'm going to go ahead and conserve this and, and just, yeah, look, they got it handled. But I, I, I enjoy, I did enjoy the, 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 you know, obviously the, the climax to the, or conclusion to the episode, I should say, where, you know, Mando is standing next to the, the water buffalo and whatever yeah. the fuck that thing is called. Um, and you know, he, him and, and the sheriff, he's like, uh, we'll get you out of here. He just hits the fucking breaks the rocket pack and he fucking, <laughs> when, when he went flying off the fucking screen, I was like, they had to know you were going to laugh there. Like, like even in a moment of like serious, like personal self-sacrifice, like that's fucking, hyster- that was hysterical. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, Mando goes inside of so I think that that laid I knew at that moment that they were going to say Boba Fett survived yeah because clearly he got out of the Sarlacc pit yeah out of the pit and was able like he was able to get out of the Sarlacc's fucking intestines basically and blow it up where if Boba Fett had his armor had all the, the uh well, so like the the, the worm and the uh, sarlacc are two different things. Okay. Uh, so he so so Boba Fett in the movie wasn't swallowed by that monster. No, that... not not that thing. Okay. No, it was a completely different monster that is similar but not the same. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm. I am no by any means a expert on the Star Wars universe. That's what Charlie is here for. But I do enjoy the franchise, and you know, like I said, I really. I th- Mando is the the best thing of modern Star Wars. All th- all the three movies, Mando is the best thing that Disney has done with the franchise. Other than, uh, from what I know, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, but I haven't watched either of those. I just take the word of everybody that's a Star Wars fan. It's like, oh, it's great. You should watch it at some point. And eventually, I'll get around to it. What I hope doesn't happen is everybody hypes it up for you like they did with me and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And by the time I got to see it, I'm like, oh. Oh, this is what it is. You're, you're disappointed. Well, that's how that's that's how I feel about Young Justice. I hype up the first two seasons, and then the most recent iteration that came out on the universe. I'm like, oh, just watch the first two seasons. Don't worry about the new shit. The new shit's fucking. I fall asleep. You want you want to fucking go to sleep, or you want to put me to sleep? Just throw just throw DC Universe Young Justice on. And I fuck, I'm out in like 20 seconds. Shit you not. I'm, I've actually tried to force myself to sit in the basement and watch it. Like turn it on like midday. I'm like, you're going to get through two or three episodes. Of this, and I fucking take a nap every single time. It never fucking fails. Um, but yeah, so obviously uh, the Mando coverage will be ongoing. Uh, we, get yep. eight, we get eight episodes, um, which fucking sucks. Disney, up your fucking game. Give us 10. Um, but we get eight. Uh, so we're grateful for that, especially in a pandemic. But uh I'm excited for the rest of the season. Uh, there's obviously a ton more that's going to get, get you know, introduced. We get, we get the Dark Saber, right? Isn't that what it's called? Yep, Dark Saber is going to come into play. Yeah. Ahsoka is come into play. Um, so lots of good stuff coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. And then apparently uh, from talking to my, my buddy, the Obi-Wan series is moving forward. Apparently it's supposed to start shooting soon. And apparently it's only going to be one season, though, is, is from what he was saying. Um, what he's he's heard. That's fine. Uh, if we do one season, you know, storytelling for for individual characters, okay. Hey, yeah. Look, I'm doing Star Wars stuff. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. So yeah, I mean, that pretty much. I think that's all our stops along the multiverse this week. 
Yeah. Um, so. lot, lot, like I said, a lot, a lot of casting, a lot of TV, uh, and uh, minimum toy stuff. Um, I guess on the next issue of um, around the multiverse, I will have my PlayStation Five, so I'll be able to give you guys an uh, honest dad's review of the new system and its operating functions and all the other good shit. Um, I'm supposed to get it on Tuesday. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, I got my notification from Best Buy that the game and the system would be shipped uh, in short time. Um, so that's the big news for or our next Around the Multiverse episode so, or issue, so to speak. Um, but uh, if you're not already doing so, give us a follow on social media. Um, I say social media because our at is all the same across Twitter, IG, Facebook, um, and um, even on TikTok, at DGI Podcast. Uh, we post pretty much daily on our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Twitter kind of gets a delay um, from like a day or two because we don't we just don't frequent it as much. If everything was under the same suite manager like we have for Facebook and IG, uh, tw yeah, Twitter would Twitter would benefit greatly. Um, however, uh, like I said, give us a follow on there. Give us a shout. We are starting to see more followers, more listeners. Uh, we're seeing better numbers. Um, with some of our other issues, uh, it sucks because I think this issue covers a lot of the stuff people are really excited about. But um, so if you have friends, you have family, um, if you want, share our posts on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, you know, hype up the hype up the show for us. Get get us some listeners. Uh, obviously, we make zero money doing this. We do this for the fun of it and for the passion that we have for all the pop culture and. The happiness it brings us in our lives um but like we touched on on the wednesday issue um if you guys want us to we can start doing more dad oriented content as well on our spotlight issues um and talk about you know you know family and things that we're doing and how we're, we're navigating certain waters shoot us a message if you're interested in certain topics if you're interested in certain pop culture things um we we have absolutely no problem with tailoring the show to what you guys as the listeners want to hear um but obviously you know if you have a a pop culture thing or a, a media thing we'll cover it in around the multiverse if you have a wrestling thing we'll cover it in inside the ropes and if you want to talk some comic stuff we'll, we'll, we'll hit we'll hit it up and um hot off the press um but uh like i said it, it's 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 been been a good been a good issue i think for us today so um lots of good stuff covered yeah a lot of good a lot of good stuff hopefully uh we get some more more toy news in the next couple of weeks with the holidays rolling around um and obviously i would assume with the end of the calendar year coming up you're going to get a lot more stuff for 2021 teasers and things like that coming soon too um but uh that's all i got you got anything else i got nothing else man so well uh yeah thanks everybody for listening and uh I guess uh, we'll talk to you next time. What are you, you any? I'm trying to think, man. Is there anything that I'm forgetting? I don't think there is. No, I, don't I think, think you're. There. I think I think I think we exhausted our. Uh, Actually, I think this might have been one of the longer multiverse. Episodes. It was. We we covered we covered a lot. Talked about a lot. Yeah. But all right. All right. Well. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Mark, I'll catch you later, man. Yep. And let's go ahead and. Hit our music. Or